Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. So I'm going to open up in prayer. We're going to go forth from there. Father God, we come now, giving you glory, giving you honor, giving you praise, thanking you, O God, once again for this day that you've made, O God. We thank you. We glorify your name. We magnify your name, O God. We thank you for this opportunity, O God, to open up uh, the bread of life, O God. We thank you, O God, for this opportunity, O God, just to go deeper in your word. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to uh, teach us tonight, uh, lead us and guide us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come against any distractions right now, any hindrances. We come up against now in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, O God, that the word shall go forth with power, and we know that your word shall accomplish that what it is that you set it out to accomplish. Your word never returns void. So we thank you, O God, for each and everyone who's listening under the sound of my ear, under the sound of my voice, O God, and, and that their ears should be attentive, O God, to what you're saying unto the church. We give your name glory, honor, and praise. These are blessed. We ask your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. We do a quick recap of last week because we're still on this series, Spiritual Warfare Training. Spiritual Warfare Training, and last week was part eight. And last week we talked about working with angels and, and the, uh, the role that angels play within spiritual warfare. And we talked about we don't want to give the enemy a free shot to attack when we choose to chase, the, chase after our will instead of chasing after God's will, which we know God's will should become our wills. And then we talked about how you know, when, when Jesus was, uh, you know, betrayed and having Peter cut the, the air off of the uh, the guard that, you know, tried to arrest Jesus and how Jesus told him at one time to fight yet. And Jesus made a, a bold statement. He said, don't you know that I can call to my father and my father can send me more than 12 legions of angels. And he didn't say 12 legions. He actually said more than 12 legions of angels. And we know that a legion is about 6,000 soldiers. So 12 legions would be 72,000 angels coming to fight. So Jesus pretty much said, I can call to my father. And he can send me over 72,000 because he said more than 12 legions. So he could send us over 72,000 angels. And that applies to us as well, that we can call to the Father and he can send angels to war on our behalf. And if Jesus, what Jesus did, we could do and we're expected to do. So, so understand that you have all of that power on your side. Just so we talked about the week before about the power team that consists of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, uh, angels, and brothers and sisters in Christ. And I, any one of those by themselves is enough. It's more than enough to win a spiritual warfare, but the key is uh, utilizing what we have. And, of course, and so that was one, one aspect of that we can have. Over 72,000 angels can come to fight. So, again, God's army is big. You're never alone. You're never by yourself. And when we stick to God's plan, we're going to get God results. And we also talked about how God sends angels to escort you uh, into the place that he's prepared for you on earth and in heaven. So, and we mentioned how even when you die, you know, there are angels who can, will escort you to heaven. You go into heaven, angels escort you. But even on earth, there, there are angels who will escort you to a place that God has prepared for you on earth and in heaven. And that sometimes there's some things that we can't reach in the spirit realm doing spiritual warfare, but that's why God sends angels to grab it for us. But there's some things you may feel like you can't get to now in the spirit, but there are angels who can grab it on your behalf. And so that's why we talk about how God's timing is important because he doesn't need time, but we need time. And since we live in time and we're important to God, then he will pretty much operate within time. Uh, and so when you're doing the, Lord, the will of the Lord, your enemies becomes God's enemies. And then that's why we talk about how angels will fight against our enemies. And when you trust in God, you get the full package, which comes with angels who will be looking out for you. 
okay? Uh, we also talked about how you may not be able to see everything that's going on in the spirit, but again, thank God that you have angels to guard you, and they can see very clearly. They can see everything that's going on in the spirit, and that your angels are like personal bodyguards in the spirit, and if the enemy tries to attack you, they can attack the enemy at your command. So, of course, we'll talk about the importance of commanding the angels and actually open up your mouth, the importance of speaking into the atmosphere and, and, and putting your angels to work. And we also talked about how your angels can set up a meeting in heaven on your behalf at any time so your prayers can get you to the front of the line. So you may feel like you're the back of the line. You may feel like you're at the bottom of the totem pole, but your angels can set up a meeting in heaven on your behalf at any time. And so it doesn't matter what folks think about you. The beautiful thing is that you have angels who can go to God on your behalf. And we also talk about how he sends angels to encourage you uh, when we don't have the strength to encourage ourselves. Uh, those times we don't have the words to pray. Not only do the Holy Spirit intercede for us, but you can always tell those times when you feel like you're weak, you're tired, you don't have anything to say that can come out of you, then you can always tell your aunt to go and tell God about it. That's just a quick recap of last week. I uh, was just talking about it. I get excited about it just because how much we have at our disposal, how much we have that's working in our favor when it comes to spiritual warfare. You have to understand the importance of it. Again, the power team consists of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, angels, and, and brothers and sisters in Christ. Of course, that includes includes us as well. So tonight we're going to shift. Uh, we're going to stay, of course, still on this series. But tonight is part nine in spiritual warfare training, and we're going to talk about engaging the enemy, engaging the enemy. And so this is our last part. We're not, the series is going to continue, but after this we're going to really take off. We're going to get much more in-depth with some very specific things, uh, uh, specific types of demons, and et cetera. And we're going to get into generational curses, more specific. Uh, so there's a number of things we're going to go So up to, you know, part one to nine, there was a lot of foundation being built that's very, very important, um, and, and we were building, you know, precept upon precept. So it's very important that if you miss those, to go back and catch them so that we could, you know, uh, you can catch it to where we are. Okay, so tonight is engaging the enemy. So understand that once you have an understanding that you have God, the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, and angels all on your side as a child of God, you are ready to effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. And I say that again. Once you have an understanding that you have God, the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, and angels all on your side as a child of God, you are ready to effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. That's why we had to build the foundation. So you were born into spiritual warfare. Please understand, you were born into spiritual warfare, so it will make sense that you know how to fight the enemy in spiritual warfare. It's something that we're expected to do. It's something we're expected to know. Okay? We have to know how to engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. And the enemy wages war. Watch this now. The enemy wages war against you before your mother gave birth to you. The enemy wages war against you and me before our mother gave birth to us. So thank God for protection and for teaching you how to fight back. So you must understand how important you are in God's government. You are very, very, very important in God's government. you got to understand this. And because you're important in God's government, that's what makes you a threat to Satan's government. You have a right to be there because God placed you there. So don't allow scare tactics of the enemy make you fold. So you have to walk in the power that God gave you. So whatever you are, whatever the assignment is, whatever folks talking and saying and not saying, etc., you have to understand that you don't need to fall for the scare tactics because God placed you there. God planted you there. And I say week after week after week, wherever God planted you, he expects you to flourish. Okay, so God gave us a clear outline. It's outlined in his word. And Christ showed us how to live it. So if you 
Live like the world and you become a demon's playground. Live like Christ and you become a demon's biggest problem. I'm going to say that again. Live like the world, think like the world, and you become a demon's playground. Live like Christ and you become a demon's biggest problem. That's a simple outline. It, it is that simple. Okay? That's the premise there. That's why I say that, that we have to be Christ-like. Okay? We're already seated in Christ. So you have to understand, again, your seat, where you're seated, your seat of authority. Okay? And so, so when engaging demons in spiritual warfare, know that you will lose, that you will lose when you fight in your feelings. But you always win when you fight in faith. Okay? And this ain't giving no credit to Satan's kingdom and, and demons, etc. But it's a fact. When engaging demons in spiritual warfare, you will lose when you fight in your feelings. But you always win when you fight in faith. Okay? So because again, that's why Satan wants to pray and his demons want to pray on your flesh. They want to attack your flesh. They want to come at you in the flesh. Because that's where their advantage is. Okay? That's why again it's it's a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. It's not physical warfare, though it may be physical things going on, it's still a spiritual thing. So Satan was an enemy of God before he was an enemy of yours. So he's been around a long time. That's why you need to follow God's rules, not your rules. It's a proven formula. Do it God's way. Stop trying to fit into the world. Stop trying to look for common because you will never be common if you're doing God's will. Someone needs to hear that again. You will never be common when you're doing God's will. So let's just, let's just get that out in the open. Let's get that on the air. Let's put that on the table right now, point blank, as clear cut as can be, that you will never be common if you're doing God's will. Jesus was not common. He was, he was so uncommon until people were waiting for him to show up, and some of them still missed him because he was so uncommon. So stop looking for normal. Stop looking for normal. A child of God walking in their power and authority will seem abnormal to the world, but you will produce results. A child of God walking in their power and authority will seem abnormal to the world, but you will produce results. Jesus was considered abnormal, but he produced results. He raised the sick, cast out demons, raised the dead, healed the sick, cast out demons, raised the dead. That's what he did. And he commanded us to do the same thing. He commanded us to do that. He didn't say, oh, when you, when you get attacked by a demon, just, just go hide in the corner. Just get all in your feelings. Understand, when you're in spiritual warfare, and you are get, you, and watch this now, when you're in spiritual warfare, here's how the enemy gets more room to attack. Here, here's, how, here's how the attack gets, gets greater. Because when you're in spiritual warfare, if you get in your feelings, if you get in your flesh, that gives them more of an open attack. That gives them free shot. That's why you have to get in the spirit. That's why you have to pray. That's why you have to war back and fight back because they want you to get upset. They want you to get angry. They want you to feel like you're all by yourself. They want you to feel like you're lonely. They want you to feel like everyone's against you, et cetera, to make you feel like it's just you in this whole big world and that no one wants to serve God. No one understands you. No one understands what you're doing. You're, that, that's what they want to do. The more you get in the flesh, because understand, the more he attacks, the more those demons attack, the more they're trying to get you to stay in the flesh so that they continue to, so they can have free attacks. So that's why it's imperative. It's imperative that we get in the spirit. It's imperative that we pray. It's imperative that we open our mouth and fight back and command them to leave because you have the power, you have the authority. So that's a very key point to understand. And I know we have the human condition, yes, but the one that you've been toward is who you are. It's what it's who you're who you're who you're uh, giving more credit to. So you're bending more to your flesh or to your spirit. And I say it time and time again that your flesh, and you got to understand this. It's very simple. Your flesh. It's world conscious. It is only concerned 
with the things of the world. It's only concerned with what's going on in the world. It wants to think of the world. Your soul is, is, is concerned with itself. It's only concerned about itself. And your spirit is God conscious. Okay? It only wants the things of God. Okay, say, and so your soul is always in that position. Okay? That, that it has to make a choice where I'm going to go with my flesh or I'm going to go with my spirit. It's that constant battle. Paul talked about that struggle. So, so, so therefore now your soul, your soul, and we don't understand that our soul is, you know, the, the seat of our will, you know, feelings and emotions, et cetera. But it has a choice to, am I going to go to, toward my spirit or am I going to go toward my flesh? Okay. And Satan is hoping that you will go towards your flesh. And that's why he sends the demons to attack, to attack, to try to get you to stay in your flesh. That's why the word says, watch this now, we walk by faith, not by sight. The just shall live by faith. Okay. So he, he's making it very clear. He's making it very clear that it's a spiritual thing. If you want to win this thing and watch it, it, it's already won. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's already won in the spirit, but when we get flesh, that's when the attack gets greater. Because it's going to come, and the attack's going to come. They're going to try you. But we don't want to create free attacks, open attacks, because we're living in the flesh. And so understand, you are, you are not normal. So it takes an extraordinary person to defy the ordinary because it's your job to bring God's extraordinary kingdom in this ordinary acting world. Your job. Your job. Okay? So the enemy wants you to think that you're crazy, and, and, and he will use people to make you think you are. So you were sent on earth to do God's will, and if any demon gets in the way of that, you're expected to rebuke them and cast them aside. You're expected to do that. And some overlook Jesus on earth. I know some people overlook Jesus on the earth, but demons recognize him immediately. And some overlook you. Some overlook you, but demons recognize your power. Demons recognize your power. So you need to use it. You have gifts, and those gifts will be used by God if you surrender to him. God qualified you before any demon attacked you. I'm going to say that again. God qualified you before any demon attacked you. But no attack can completely stop you unless you choose to quit. Demons recognize who, watch this now, key point to understand. Demons recognize who you are supposed to be in God before you do. Demons recognize who you are supposed to be in God before you do. And they come to steal what you don't know you had, that you have yet. That's why you have to pray. I'm going to say that again. Demons recognize who you are supposed to be in God before you do. And they come to steal what you don't know you have yet. So ain't that something? So they think they have an advantage. But I said, okay, okay, God called them to be that. And they don't know everything about, about the call on your life and everything God called you to, to, to do. But they know enough that they can see certain things. And they know, okay, this is the chosen one. This is the chosen one. So we have to try to block it. But they recognize it before you do. Think about it. When Jesus came on the earth, the demons recognized him before anyone else recognized that he was the Messiah. So they see, they know. And so, again, that's why it's important that we have to pray, we have to study, and we have to stay in the spirit. We have to walk by faith, not by feeling. And too many are walking around saying, I don't have much. 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 When you say that you don't have much, you're actually cursing yourself. You're actually putting a word curse on yourself because you have the inheritance of God, and an inheritance of God is an eternity's worth. So you got to change your language. I don't have much. I don't have much. So you say, I don't have much, so you're pretty much keeping yourself there. I don't have much. I don't have much. How can you say you don't have much when you have the inheritance of God, and God himself is the inheritance, and in God all things, everything's complete in God. It's an eternity's worth. So you have to go and get it. So you shouldn't go on with business as usual. 
you shouldn't take spiritual warfare lightly because you have an enemy who is literally trying to kill you while Christ wants you to have life. And again, it's nothing to be afraid of. Yes, it's a fact. It ain't no need for us to sugarcoat it. You you cannot take this lightly. Yes, there is an enemy who is literally trying to kill you. It is that serious. They're trying to kill you. They're trying to kill me. What is it going to say? See, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It, it, it ain't no game. It ain't nothing to take lightly. It's real. And and when you take off, I assure you that the demons ain't taking off. So you can't take off and not pray. You can't take off and not get in the word because they're attacking. They're not just attacking you. They're attacking your family. They're attacking your bloodline. They're attacking every, everything around you. But you have the power and authority to combat it, to overcome it. So that's why we got to wake up to who we really are. You should look at the magnitude of this fight. Watch this now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in another way. Let's look at the magnitude of this fight. Okay? Satan sent demons to kill you. He sent demons to kill me. Satan put a hit out on your life, but it's nothing to fear because what's trying to kill us is not more powerful than us when we're in Christ. Again, this warfare is between two kingdoms, God's kingdom, which has supreme power and authority. Satan's kingdom has some power, but their power is unmatched to the power in God's kingdom. So if you're in God's kingdom, then there's nothing to be concerned about. The creation can never be greater than the creator. The bottom line and spiritual warfare is Satan doesn't want you to live for God. And God wants you to live more abundantly through Christ. It's as simple as that. Satan doesn't want you to live for God, and God wants you to live more abundantly through Christ. Okay? And so that's that daily battle, that, that things that are coming at you. So if your light isn't shining in dark places, you're simply spectating and not demonstrating the power you have in you to bring glory to God. You're not on earth just to take up space. There must be action. And watch this. Somebody said, I'm going to wait for my time. I'm, I wait for my right time. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for my time. My time is coming. My time is coming. People are always waiting for their time. But your time is always now to do what God wants you to do right now. I'm going to say that again. Your time is always now to do what God wants you to do right now. What is he telling you to do now? Yeah, I know there's some things further down the road, and we want expectation, and we should be excited about those things. We should have a hope, you know what I'm saying, because we do have a hope in the future and et cetera. But you can't start looking down to that hope and that future and then ignore the very thing that God put in front of you to do right now. And for some of you, it's the very thing he's putting you in front of you to do now that you're trying to overlook or you're trying to hope God forgets so you can go on to the next thing. He's not forgetting. This is what he put on you. This is the assignment he gave you. This is what he's telling you to do. This is the place that he planted you. And he expects you to flourish. He expects you to let your light shine there because you represent his kingdom. It's your job. It's my job to bring the kingdom of God on earth. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't even preach himself. Jesus preached the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the coming kingdom of God. We are preaching the kingdom of God, and Jesus brought heaven on earth. That's what you do. You bring heaven on earth. So there are some that are deceived and are convinced that Satan and his demons don't exist. Some are convinced that warfare is not needed, and, and they're misled to believe that all we need is to love God. Just love God, and, and the, the devils can't do anything to you. Just love the Lord, and he knows your heart, and, and the devil can't do anything. Okay, keep keep professing that. Yeah, he does love you, but he also said, I sent you on earth to occupy until I come. 
I sent you on earth to do business until I return. So therefore, while you're on earth, you got to do business. And there's, a, there's demons who are trying to stop you from doing your father's business. But thank God that we have a power team. We have God. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have angels. You have your other brothers and sisters in Christ. Therefore, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Therefore, what can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. But the key is you have to be who God called you to be. God didn't call you to be me. God didn't call you to be the person next to you. God called you to be you, and he called you to be you and him because your real life is in Christ. That's who you really are. Your life is in Christ. That's your identity. So think about it. We would have changed our perspective to stop thinking, oh, I'm just whatever your name is. I'm, I'm John. I'm Lisa, and, and this is who I am, and, and, and this is, you know, uh, you, you, you can't. Yes, you have a personality, and, and that's great and wonderful, but that's not the totality of who you are. Who you really are is in Christ. That's your identity. So we can change our perspective and say, wait a minute, I am actually in Christ. I am actually seated in Christ. Father, principality, power. I'm actually seated in Christ. I have a seat of authority on this earth. I am expected to rule and do have dominion on earth. So if I can start changing my mindset, they say, wait a minute, there's some things that's coming around me. There's some attacks that's coming my way. Wait a minute. I'm seated in Christ. I rebuke this. I'm, I'm not allowing this in my life. I'm not allowing this in my territory. This got to go. And that's why you got to open up your mouth and fight back in the spirit. Because there's some fights, boom, a couple rounds, boom, you're good. You knock them out, they're gone. But there's some fights that's like a marathon. You know, and they're going to keep showing up. It's going to be it's just like Goliath. Goliath kept showing up to David and kept taunting and taunting and taunting and taunting. And then David finally said, okay, I can handle this. I got this. Everyone else scared, I'm going to handle this. So there's some giant that's been keep taunting you and taunting you and, and, and messing with your mind and, 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 and trying to sow seeds in your mind and make you think that this is how life is going to be and this is how it's going to end and this is what it is and I'm always going to be alone and, and you're always going to be broken and you're always going to be sick and, 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 you, and you never go, you're always going to be in this career and, and this is how your business is going to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and no one's ever going to accept you, et cetera. All those are lies from the enemy. But if you will actually go back to your seat, which is in Christ, then you would have a whole different vantage point. Okay, so again, God gave us work here, and that work comes with great responsibility. That work is also challenged by opposition. So come to grips with the fact that the enemy will oppose you. But the enemy is not your biggest problem in warfare. Backing down from them is. Ain't that something? The enemy is not your biggest problem in spiritual warfare. Backing down from them is. When demons invade your territory, your God-given territory, it is your divine right and your divine responsibility to make them leave in Jesus' name. So key to understand again. Okay, so we talk about engaging the enemy. So again, when demons invade your territory, your God-given territory, it is your divine right and responsibility to make them leave in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 14. Again, that's Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 14. And it reads, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There should not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft or soothsayer, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God, 
for these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. So we see here there are some occult practices such as witchcraft, soothsayer, sorcerer, medium, etc. And this passage lets us know that all those who operate in those are an abomination or a disgrace to the Lord. So there were warnings throughout scripture about it. Uh, there were some during that time who allowed their children to pass through fire as an act of worship to a false god. Uh, and we know a false god is nothing but a demon. Uh, and so the enemy will use people to work against you, but you must use your power and authority to work against the enemy. So defending your God-given territory in the spirit is not an option. It's a mandate. Defending your God-given territory in the spirit is not an option. It's a mandate. God placed you there for a reason. As I said at the beginning. God placed you there. You have a right to be there because God placed you there. So don't allow the scare tactics of the enemy to make you fold. You are placed in that territory, on that job, in that community, etc., because you are bringing the kingdom of God there. And, and that's why that's why he put you there. That's why he sent you there. That's why you have to open up your mouth. That's why you have to walk in boldness because defending your God-given territory in the spirit is not an option. Sometimes we act as though it's an option, and like I said before, we'll be like, oh, I, I just want to mind my business. I put my head down. I'm going to come to do my job and, and go. No, 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 no. If God placed you there, that's God's business, and because it's God's business, it becomes your business. So, yes, he planted you there, and he expects you to flourish there. He expects you to bring about change. He expects you to let your light shine. He expects you to walk in your power and authority. If you see darkness there, he expects you to, to cast it out. If there's some hell raisins there, you're supposed to cast out them spirits. They're trying to make your job miserable. They're trying to make your day miserable, your week miserable, and you sitting there going back to you stressed out, depressed, sad, crying because of what somebody on a job is doing. The devil is a liar. You better make that demon flee. But again, like I said earlier, when you get in the flesh and you take it as a – it's a spiritual battle, but it doesn't impact you physically. But when you start getting all upset about it and taking, taking it out in the flesh – that's giving the enemy free attacks, more free. They're like, boom, I got you. Yep, keep saying, yep, keep feeling that way. Keep saying that. Boom, boom, boom. Yep, say that again. Feel that way. Yep, boom, boom, boom. So it's like more attacks. Or free. That's like free shots. You don't want to give the enemy free shots. They're already going to attack, so you don't give them no free shots. Okay? So, again, you have the power. You have the authority. You have this entire power team. We talk about this power team. I've been rehearing over and over and over again, and one of them alone is, is enough. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, and your brothers and sisters in Christ. All of them by itself is enough. And, of course, the brothers and sisters of Christ, the disclaimer is, of course, that's if you're seated in Christ, okay, if you're walking in your power and your authority, okay? And what's the power? We know that's the power of the Holy Spirit. The authority is the name of Jesus, okay? So, again, it's your responsibility. It's not an option. It's a mandate. So God was talking about the land that he was going to bring the Israelites into. In, in the land, there were also enemies in the land who rebelled against God. And God said he was going to drive them out. He said he was going to drive them out. So. Ain't it something that God can send you to a place and you find some enemies? Ain't that something? That God will send you into a hellhole. He will send you into a place. You're like, my God, what's going on here? But there are some places, watch this now. There are some places that God will send you that may seem like hell. But God sent you to drive hell out and bring heaven in. I'm going to say that again. There are some places. That God will send you that may seem like hell, but God sent you to drive hell out and to bring heaven in. That's why you're there. At the end of the day, wherever God sends you, that's why you're there. That's part of your responsibility. Drive hell out, bring heaven in. That's why he said, let your light shine. 
that men see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's why you got to go and do the miracle signs and wonders. That's why you got to lay hands and heal the sick. That's why you got to lay hands and cast out demons because, again, that's the power and authority. That's you going and bringing heaven where there's hell. Now you're leaving footprints and handprints of heaven where they were footprints and handprints of hell. It's a constant battle. So therefore, when, again, God gave you that territory, and again, we talked before about the three heavens, how earth is the first heaven, okay? That's where we are to rule. That's where we have jurisdiction, okay? And because you have jurisdiction here, you have to rule. It's not in your power you're ruling in. You're ruling in the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of Jesus Christ, okay? So therefore, if there's anything, anything that's contrary to the will of God that is coming around you, that is attacking you, you have the ability. And not only do you have the ability, there is a command on your life from God to cast out the demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. That's a command from God. He did not say you should do it, you might do it. He said to do it. And as I said before, that when we really look at it, when Jesus gave that to his disciples, power, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, he gave that to them before they really even had full revelation that he was the Messiah. So therefore, that means that, again, healing the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, that's Christianity one-on-one. That's basic Christianity. So what has the church been doing? We've been living below our potential because we have not been walking in it on that level at the level that we're supposed to be walking it in. And that's why, again, hello, that's why we're in the season of revival. That's why the revival, we're in the season. We're in that season because, again, week after week I say that you are the generation that will not just talk about the power. You will not just flirt with the power, but you will demonstrate the power. That's why revival is going to break out because when you get it, you're going to be teaching to other people. You're going to be telling other people, and then you're going to be impacting them and drawing them to Christ and, and, and telling them about the power and authority. And then all of a sudden, y'all going to be working together, slaying demons in your region that God assigned to you. Okay? And so, so in this passage, they, they, they outline a few things. They outline a few things. Uh, you talk about a sorcerer. A sorcerer, it's pretty much they consult evil spirits to gain hidden knowledge. So someone who practices sorcery, they're consulting evil spirits to gain hidden knowledge. So pretty much they're consulting these demons to say, okay, what's going on in the spirit realm? We need a da da da, and so that's how they get information. But they're getting it from demons. Okay, witchcraft. Witchcraft, the practice uh, is the practices by witches and wizards, in which they use black magic, which is the evoking of evil spirits for an evil purpose or to gain some hidden knowledge. So literally, they're evoking evil spirits, demons, etc., to gain some type of hidden knowledge or for an evil purpose to cause harm or whatever the case may be. And as I said before, please understand, there is no such thing as a good witch. I've seen it. They said they got their little witches conference and, oh, no, we're good witches. We love. No, we don't. We, we just want to just put more energy into the world and just we just love. No, 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 no. There is no such thing as a good witch. Please understand. And again, remember Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. He was once an angel. So he can disguise himself to make it look like he's for you, to make it look like he's holy, etc. Okay? So again, that's just a disguise, okay? Soothsayer, a soothsayer or a divination, that's a fortune teller. Uh, and a fortune teller who, who, who claimed that they could tell the future, reveal secrets, or interpret dreams through magic or reading signs, you know, the, you know those, those uh, tarot card readers, et cetera, and all that stuff. That's not for God. And there's a difference from prophets. God's prophets will reveal secrets and future events coming from God, but there are fortune tellers, and yes, and, and I see people, oh, I call that psychic line, I see it on Facebook, oh, y'all might want to try this out, because they, they, I couldn't believe the stuff that they knew, well, yeah, they know, you got familiar spirits who, they whole job is to study you, 
They are familiar spirits. They are, they are demons that have been assigned to study you from birth to, so that they can report the higher-ranking demons to how they attack you. So, yeah, they can – so, again, yeah, so these tarot card readers and these fortune tellers, all they're doing is consulting evil spirits to get some information. And so folks who go to that, all you're doing is, is, is bringing on more demonic attack, okay? So stay far away from that. That's not of God, okay? What's a medium? A medium, and I seen something on TV a while back, some the Long Island medium, and they just look all happy and cheerful, and, you know, they're on, they're on TV. Look, look, they're in the media. They're on TV. They got a show. Mediums, they got a show. And so what a medium do? They communicate between the spirit world and humans. And they will often communicate with the dead, which is, again, is a demonic spirit posing as the actual deceased person. I've seen them with it. You know, you see them with it. Oh, well, yeah, you know, I, uh, that's Johnny. That's, that's Johnny. And yeah, Johnny said, uh, uh, three, four, and it's all good. Three, four, is, oh, my God, he used to always tell me that. That's Johnny. That's totally Johnny. Oh, my God. No, that's a demon. Who knew Johnny? Who knew what Johnny said? So they say that they make it seem like it was Johnny and reveal it to this person who's evoking the evil spirit to now cause more demons to enter your life. And so they communicate, so and so, uh, claim to communicate with the dead for more information. They're not communicating with the dead. The dead is either in heaven or they're in hell. And I assure you they're not able to communicate with them. Okay? So please understand, it's a demonic spirit. Then we talk about, they mention a spiritist. A spiritist is a wizard. And that's just simply a male witch. Who uses black magic to again evoke evil spirits for an evil purpose or to gain some hidden knowledge? So that's just a little backdrop on that because they outline those in that passage. So I just want to outline those particular ones there because um, I know you've all heard of one of the one of at least one of them. Okay, and so we have to pray for discernment because there are individuals who practice these today. Okay, and some are open about it, but the discernment is needed for those who try to hide behind the name of God to carry out these demonic functions. Okay, and again, if you have territory that God assigned you and you passing a place that you know is a psychic place or a tarot card reader, then you need to pray against that, that it's going to be shut down, that it's going to flee. Because now that – because look, look, the devil is bold. Look, let me tell you something. If a psychic, medium, tarot card reader can set up shop in your neighborhood right around the corner from you, that means the church not doing their job. The church ain't doing their job because they should not have been ran a long time ago. So it's our job as the church. As this this generation, that will demonstrate the power to cause evil to leave our area. And you're not in it by yourself. There's others that God will raise up who will work with you. Okay? So understand, you can't be fooled. Okay? Some are very open about it. But the discernment is needed for those who try to hide behind the name of God to carry out these demonic functions. Because understand, that's why I say it's a new game going on now. They're saying God. There's a lot of folks saying God, but they're not talking about the same God. They ain't talking about Jesus. And the only way to get to God the Father is through Jesus Christ. So watch those who are just saying God. Which God are they talking about? Because they're not always talking about Jesus Christ. So understand, your flesh can be fooled, but the Holy Spirit can't. So pray for discernment to know what is from God and what is not from God. Okay? Uh, let's go to uh, 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 6. All right, 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 6. And it reads... You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. So here we find the Apostle Paul. He was speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He was giving him instructions on the church, church order and discipline. And so here we see that as a soldier in God's army, 
You don't get caught up in what you think you want. You should get caught up in pleasing God. And trying to please people will leave you frustrated because people's minds change. Pleasing God is much easier because he does not change. So when we please God, we get what we need and what we want because his will becomes our wants. So when we focus on what God wants us to do, when you focus on what God wants you to do, you become better, a better soldier and avoid some pitfalls in life. However, when we allow the cares of this world to suck us in, we lose focus. And there's nothing that the world has to offer you that is worth running from God. There's nothing that the world has to offer you that's worth you running from God. Do God's will and you will get God's will for your life. Do God's will and you will get God's will for your life. And if we don't go by the rules, we cannot get our crown. And when we work hard at doing God's will, we will partake in the benefits of it just as a hardworking farmer is able to be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor when the crops have grown. So there's no question that it's not always easy being a soldier of Christ. We know that. It's, the journey is not always easy because, you know, you've got an enemy that's waging war against us. We understand that. But there are some hardships that, 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 you know, there are some hardships that we will face. However, every hardship has made you strong and wise, and you're able to help other soldiers because of it. But God never said the fight would be easy. But he promised that no weapon of the enemy will be able to prosper against you. And this is why it's a team effort, because we never go through anything in life which the lessons only benefit us. I say it all the time. God never wastes time nor space. Even what the enemy made for bad, God will turn it into good. So don't throw yourself a pity party. When you've endured some of the challenges and training as a soldier, you receive the rewards. God's army is not for the weak of heart. His training can be tough, but it's, it's done in love because he knows what we will need to survive and to defeat the enemy. And the enemy doesn't get tired. So it's important that we continuously seek God so our strength is renewed so we can keep beating on the enemy. And he also knows that we must be strong to carry out the will of God. All right, let's go to Daniel 3. Daniel 3. Daniel 3, verses 15 through 18. Okay, that's Daniel 3, verses 15 through 18. And it reads, Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, the harp, the lyre, and sultry, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So here we find King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He set up a, a golden image of an idol and commanded that everyone bow down and worship it at the sound of the music. However, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego only serve the true and living God and refuse to bow down to a false god, which is a demon. Uh, and some of the people told the king about it, and he became angry and ordered them to be brought to him. And these men openly defied the command of the enemy. And practically dared God to show up. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they openly defied the command of the enemy. And they practically dared God to show up. They had a bold faith. It was not in themselves, but their faith was in God. So your faith should be so tied up in God that it will literally bring God's presence in any situation. I'm going to say that again. Your faith should be so tied up in God. 
that it will literally bring God's presence in any situation. And some people talk a good game, but when evil is staring them straight in the face, they run. So don't run from what God sent you to conquer. Don't run from what God sent you to conquer. God puts you there to engage the enemy. Whenever the enemy comes, you can engage the enemy, and he sent you there to conquer. And so these three men, they made it clear that they will not bow down to a false idol and that the God that they serve was able to deliver them from the burning fiery furnace. And they said even if God chose not to, they would still not serve this false God because they knew that God was still able to deliver them. So God is a deliverer, and they knew it. So your faith, your faith puts problems on God, but your feelings put them on you. So you got to go with your faith. I'm going to say that again. Your faith puts problems on God, but your feelings put problems on you. So go with your faith so you can put your problems on God, and he's big enough to handle it. So your faith may be tried and tested in a number of different areas, but you should always stand on the fact that God is able to deliver you. God's not concerned with what the enemy says as much as he's concerned with your response to what the enemy says or what the enemy does, and you are to respond in faith. An attack of the enemy shouldn't impact your response. Demons are looking for a reaction, but your response should always be faith in God. Even if God gave you instructions and no one else understands it or folks don't seem to want to go along with it, go with God. You have to be bold. You can't defeat the enemy with fear. Because fear is a demonic spirit on assignment. You defeat the enemy with the power of the Holy Spirit. And these three men, Shabbat, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the burning fiery furnace and one night because they trusted God. God delivered them. And the children of Israel came out of bondage in Egypt in one night because of Moses' obedience to God. And their obedience to God at that time. And so your response and your obedience to God can literally change your life overnight. Overnight, I say it all the time, God specializes in overnight miracles. And faith is a prerequisite for spiritual warfare. It's a must-have for spiritual warfare because we know we can't please God without it. So again, faith is a prerequisite for spiritual warfare. We cannot please God without it. Let's go to James 1, verses 2 to 4. Again, that's James 1, verses 2 to 4. All right, James 1, verses 2 through 4. And it reads, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So James was saying that we should count it all joy when we face trials. Now that's not something I, on on the surface I don't want to I don't want to be excited about facing on trials when when I'm being attacked by the enemy why would I get excited about that It doesn't make sense on the surface because who really feels they should have joy when they're going through trials But you can have joy in the face of trials because your joy isn't tied to a feeling your joy is tied to God and James tells us why we should have joy we should have joy in knowing that as our faith is tested, it will produce patience or endurance. And it's not so much that God is testing your faith by sending you problems because God isn't sending you the problems. Satan sends the problems, but it's the trials that the enemy sends that will test our faith 
to see if we actually trust God like we say we do. To see if we really put have all our trust and faith and confidence in God, that it's in God that will do it. It's in God that will deliver me. It is God that will set me free. And once patience does its work, we will be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And that's why, like I said earlier, there's some spiritual attacks that when you fight back in the spirit, you get immediate results. But when you start dealing with higher-ranking demons and they got more, feel like they have more access to more territory, they feel they have access to your bloodline, whatever the case may be, then the fight will seem longer. And that's why I said you got to keep going back to get renewing your strength. The demons don't get tired. So we got to keep renewing our strength. And so there's some battles that's going to be a little longer. You're still going to win. But it might be you got to fight a little bit more. You might have prayed about that thing the last time and something happened immediately. You fought back in the spirit and, and cast it out and command the enemy to leave and, and, and it backed off. But then some things, they keep coming back. They keep coming back. So that means that this, this fight is a little harder. It's a little, the warfare is, 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 is the enemy is waging an even greater battle against you. Okay? And so, therefore, you got to keep fighting. So that's where your patience is going to be put at work. Are you going to throw in a towel and be like, oh, God doesn't care. Oh, this is just how it's going to be. I'm tired of fighting. Whatever. Well, you're not really fighting your flesh. You should be fighting because you can't, like I said, you, you will lose in spiritual warfare if you're fighting your feelings and your flesh, but you will always win when you're fighting your faith. So when we fight in our faith, like I said, some battles are going to be ongoing, but you will win. You will win. Okay? So our patience does its work. We will mature and, com- and be complete, and you will lack nothing. That's a promise from God. So we see here that when trials come, our faith is tested. When your faith is tested, it produces patience, endurance over time. So a demon's attack with the hope. Watch this now. Demons attack you with the hope that you will be too tired to fight back. But you can always phone home to heaven for backup. We talked last week about angels. You can call angels. Jesus said, look, I can call twelve leaders, over 12 leaders of angels. And 12 leaders of angels are 72,000 uh, 72, angels. So you can have 72,000 angels fighting on your behalf or more if necessary. But some fights don't require that. You just might just need one. That's all you need. You know what I'm saying? But we know in Daniel 10 when the spiritual warfare was going on and Daniel prayed and it took 21, his prayer was held up for 21 days in the second heaven where all the spiritual activity takes place because a demonic principality over that region was trying to impact uh, Daniel and his area of influence because there was a, a spirit, demonic principality that was trying to impact Daniel and his area of influence. Daniel had every right to engage in spiritual warfare, but of course the angels, the warring angels did the, the fighting in the second heaven against those principalities. Okay, so that's that's who did the war against the principalities. We'll get into principalities and all that stuff later to understand with that. But again, because he was able to engage because that principality was impacting his blessing being released to him on earth where he has jurisdiction. Okay, and so as that was happening, Gabriel got held up. And so Gabriel needed some assistance because it was pretty much tag teaming. And so Michael came and held him off, held the demons off, that principality off so Gabriel can deliver it. So some warfare, it's bigger. It requires more. Okay, but at the end of the day, not we can't handle because of our power team. We have our power team that can deal with all of it, okay? They're hoping that you will get tired. The demons attack hoping you're gonna get tired. So as you become more patient and stronger, you will mature. You will become complete for the task at hand and you will lack nothing. You will have everything that you need. And the more the enemy steals from you, the more you'll get. Not only will you get an upgrade from what was taken, but it'll come with interest. You will get an upgrade from what was taken and it will come with interest. So you can have joy in the midst of your trials. Because your trial has nothing to do with your joy. Your joy is not tied to your situation, your feeling, your circumstances, but it is tied to God and his promises for you and you alone. So don't be shocked or frustrated at the trials. Just respond with your faith. Just because you faced it before doesn't mean you should jump ahead of God. You must still 
get instruction because the strategy might be different this time. And there's not a challenge that will ever be bigger than Christ who is in you. Let's go to Proverbs 8 and 13. And then Jeremiah and then Jeremiah 23 and 29. So Proverbs 8 and 13. And then we're going to go to Jeremiah 23 and 29 right after that. We talk about engaging the enemy. Proverbs 8 and 13. Just one verse. And I'll read it. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. So as a child of God, you must detest evil because God detests evil. And just because it seems nice doesn't mean it's from God. As we talk about it, ain't no such thing as a nice witch. Satan is crafty. A person can say and even do nice things, but if they reject Christ, they're still lost. God doesn't like pride. God doesn't like arrogance. So we shouldn't like pride, and we shouldn't like arrogance. When you fight the enemy in spiritual warfare, don't boast in who you are, but boast in who God is through you. Boast in who God is through you, how big God is in your life. So you must fully recognize that you're literally in war. Like I said at the beginning, there's a hit against your life. The enemy is trying to kill you. They're trying to kill me. It's, they, they, they rage war. They play hit out on us. But thank God for protecting us. Thank God for angels who encamp all around us to protect us. Okay, so you have nothing to be afraid of. There's angels around your house. You got to put them to work. You can open your mouth and say, angels, I speak to angels, be, be it camp all around my home, where I live, and camp all around my, my vehicle, and camp all around my, my job to protect against those attacks of the enemy. So you can, you have to, but you have to command them. You have to open your mouth. Okay, so again, you have to fully realize that you are literally in war. Spiritual warfare is going on, and you're, you're the center of attention. Well, you've, you've been assigned. There are demons who want your territory. There's demons who want to take over your territory. There's demons who want to run things at your job. They want to run things in your business, want to run things in your household, want to run things in your family. They want territory. It's a battle over territory. You're at the center of attention. So let God remind the enemy how big God truly is for you. Walk in your power. Walk in your authority. And, and we want to hate people. Let's get it clear. He, he said hate evil. So we want to hate people, but we have every right to hate Satan and his demons with righteous, uh, righteous indignation. All right, let's go to Jeremiah 23 and 29. Jeremiah 23 and 29. All right, and it reads, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces? So God was speaking to Jeremiah in his passage about the judgment he was going to bring against Israel. There were some false prophets who were lying on God. They were saying what God never said. Uh, they also made a lot of people think Jeremiah was crazy for telling the actual truth. So understand, there will be some who will oppose you, but when you're on assignment from God, they're opposing God. And if they were smart, they would move aside. They would stop messing with you. Demons don't always have the most common sense. And whoever they can use, whoever they can influence to try to get to you, that's what they're going to do. So Jeremiah was speaking an unpopular message. But God gave it to him. God gave him an unpopular message, but God sent Jeremiah because God could trust him with the word, even though the people were rejecting the word. They weren't rejecting Jeremiah. Sometimes Jeremiah took it personally. But he said, look, they ain't rejecting you. They rejected me. So God, like, keep going forward. I got you covered. And so what God gave you to do may not seem popular today, but you can bank on it that it will be powerful. And the people wanted to continue to go forth and sin, and only and they only wanted to call on God when they were in trouble. And Jeremiah was warning the people. God sent Jeremiah. He placed his word in Jeremiah's mouth to warn the people to repent. 
and God gave them multiple chances, but they still disobeyed. So, therefore, that's why we should not prostitute God's love. Give him the honor and the obedience that he deserves. And these false prophets were claiming they had a word from God, but they were words that had no true power. God's word comes with fire and power that breaks demonic foundations like a hammer. We see here, he said, is my word not, is my word, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. So when you are using the words of God, that's why it's important to study God's word. Like I said before, if, if you just study one scripture per week, and that's why scripture memory is important. If you just study one verse per week, memorize one, work on one, just one per week. So, so I mean, by the end of a month, you will have four new passages, four new scriptures that are in your heart that you can use as a hammer, as a hammer against the enemy. Because he says clear, it's not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. So demonic foundations can be broken in pieces with the word of God. So you got God's word there. You got the power of the Holy Spirit because, again, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that casts out demons, heals the sick, raises the dead. It's the authority of Jesus Christ that makes the, the, the demons obey. Okay? So, like I said, the authority is like arresting the demon, and the power gets rid of them, casts them out. And engage the enemy, like I said, you have to understand your power team. Understand that you have God, you have the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, angels on your side, and your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you have that, you recognize that, you understand that, you can effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. So I'm going to close on the prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of this Bible study. We thank you, O oh God, for all that's been said and done on tonight, O oh God. We thank you for the word that went forth, O oh God, for letting us know what we need to do when engaged the enemy, O oh God. Reminding us, O oh God, of the power team that we have at our disposal, O oh God, that we can use in our power and our authority, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God. We thank you for the doors you open to each and every one under the sound of my voice, O oh God. We just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives in this season. Lord, we just thank you for choosing us. We thank you for appointing us. We thank you for anointing us for a time such as this, that you trust us, O oh God, with so much. We thank you for trusting us with the vision that you placed in our hands, O oh God. We bless your name, O oh God. We come up against every attack of the enemy, O oh God, and we know that we are prepared, O oh God. We are ready for, to fight. We are ready for war, O oh God. So we thank you that we are closed. We are clothed, O oh God, with warfare gear on, O oh God. So I thank you, O oh God, that you will continue to order our steps, O oh God. Everyone, O oh God, under the sound of us, O oh God, shall walk in total obedience to you. To your word, O oh God, so we bless your name, we glorify your name, and I declare your spirit of peace, O oh God, shall rest upon each and everyone on this call, O oh God. These are all blessed. We ask you, your son, Jesus, and we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So again, go over to thecoregreen.org and get more information or whatnot. So remember that you are the breath of God. God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.